Amen. You may be seated. I was thinking as I read that first verse there, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We've got a lot of gospel going around the world now, but it's not all of Jesus Christ. We've got a lot of different gospels in America. They're not all about Jesus Christ. So there's some aspects of the gospel tonight that we need to understand as true, born again, bought by the blood Christians. First thing, it's got to be of Jesus Christ. If your gospel, your fellowship, if your mind thought, if your relationship is not based on Jesus Christ, you've got a counterfeit. I can't help it if that hurts your feeling because the true gospel is based on the virgin birth, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It was mentioned here some tonight already about some things that people say. You hear them say, I go to this church or that church, but they never mention Jesus. You hear them say, well, we've got a big church or a little church or a spiritual church, but they never mention Jesus. Amen. I'm just wondering if they understand what truly is the aspect of church. If it's not founded on the basis of Jesus Christ, I'm afraid you have truly been misled. For the basis of my salvation tonight rests upon His blood, not mine. So tonight as we look at some things here and try to get us to understand the aspects of our gospel tonight has truly, and let me remind you, when I go on a mission trip, I don't go over there to make them Baptist or free will Baptist. I go over there to tell them about the blood of Jesus Christ so they can get saved. Uh, I, years ago I learned this aspect in going door to door. It's all right to invite them to come to charity mission, but it's a whole lot better to invite them to come to Jesus Christ. Because if you get them saved, God will put them somewhere. Amen. Amen. I mean, you can go out and fill this church up, but they'd probably still be lost. If you get them born again, then God will put them where He wants them. Amen. Amen. And listen, all we're to do is help them get saved. Amen. Tell them about that love, the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. So we look in that scripture and it said, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So now, if you will, turn with me over in the book of Acts, chapter number 20. I want to lay just a little foundation tonight before we get into the message. Acts chapter number 20. Are you with me? And verse number 24, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Denimus, was not with them when Jesus came. Are you with me? Look at verse 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Are you with me so far? See, if you're not with Jesus... How are you ever going to learn about Jesus? The aspects of the gospel tonight is, and this is the whole function of the church, is that we would learn 
more about Jesus. I could bring in here, I'll never forget uh, preaching a message years ago uh, and I got up here and I said, I've got a good plan for all of us to double and triple our money. And I'll never forget the look on Vernon Powell's face sitting back there about where Laura is. Vernon thought, what is this nut fixing to do? I said, I've got a plan that'll get us 20%, 40%, 60%, some 100% increase. That's in the Bible, you know that, right? And I began to preach that, and then Vernon kind of went, Whew. and he told me after church, he said, I thought I was going to have to call you down. I thought you'd went crazy. Getting up there talking about increasing, doubling up. Hey, if we're not learning about Jesus and his aspects and what church is all about, listen, have you grown any since you got saved? Or are you still on the bottle? Look in that 21st verse. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. Listen, Christ came to bring you peace. Peace of mind. Peace of rest. Amen. I'm sorry. I'm in the Gospel of John. Excuse me. Thank you. Hey, I'm preaching up here. Stay with me. You're trying to find me. I can't help it if y'all can't read my mind. We'll get to, uh, to Acts next. Stay with me in John, will you please? Thank you, Beardy. At least I had one in here corrected me. 21st, uh, 20th chapter. Satan is ain't wanting this preached at all, is he? I'll guarantee you, Satan don't ever want you to learn anything about Jesus. Amen. John chapter number 20, verse 21. Are we there? Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, peace be unto you, please. As my Father has sent me. There's some things right there you need to see. Jesus is not taking credit for sending himself. He's sending the credit to the Father above. Amen. You ever see anybody coming in their own name? Stay away from them. Even so send I you. What did he say? He said, I'm going to send you out in the Father's name. Now are you with me in verse 24? But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. You may be in the building, but you ain't with us. Your mind's on the ball game you lost last night. You're still screaming at that woman. <laughs> right? We come to church and a lot of times our mind's a million miles away. We come to church and, and, and we're thinking about, what am I having for lunch? Well, I dread going to work tomorrow. Right? We never get our mind on the things that God is trying to show us. And I'll just be honest with you, they might just be one nugget in the whole service for you and your mind was gone when it came by. You ever been in a service where it was real good and you went outside and said, boy, man, what a good service. Well, I didn't think so. You ever had them around you? <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. When I see people having a benefit, I want to sit on that row with them. 
Now, if they're over there in the mully grubs, pouted up, puckered up, eating green persimmon, I don't want on that road. I'm going to get up and move. Amen. If they're sitting there saying everything's too loud, he's too long, he prays too much, takes up too many offerings, I ain't sitting with that crowd. No, I'm going to go somewhere else where they're having some joy. They can see something good in the service, amen. I'm talking about we need to learn about the aspects of Jesus Christ. He said he brought us peace, joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Why do we leave the house of God so miserable? Can you turn with me now to the book of Acts, chapter number 20? Did I say that right? You think I'm going to let the devil rough ride me? Hey, I've made mistakes before. <laughs> that was too quick, Beardy. <laughs> Acts 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me. Stop right there just a minute. What would it take to move you? Can I help us tonight? I ain't going to be long, but I'm going to give you what God gave me. You know, a lot of people only come to church and want something when they need something. They don't come to church expecting something, even though they don't need nothing. But when we're sick or family's sick, oh, we come and cry crocodile tears. Beg and plead God. But when everything's okay, we just come and we're not on a log. We could care how many songs they sung, how many offerings they took up, how many prayed, how many got saved. We could care less because it don't concern us. We don't have a need. Listen, you ought to have a need every time you come to the house of God. Are you with me? Say amen. But none of these things move me, neither count I my, notice this, life dear unto myself. Well, I'll tell you what, that wouldn't fit in with the crowd that's going through America right now. It's all about me, ain't it? Amen. I mean, listen. Oh, God help me. Somebody that ain't never had a child to get on television and tell you how to raise your children. Somebody that ain't never went to church and ever knowed God or Jesus, get on television and tell you how to live godly. You never hear them in church. You never heard them being saved. And they want to get on there and wear a cross around their neck and tell you how to worship. That's sad, folks. But the sad thing of it is, if a big celebrity gets on television, that is the gospel. Amen. I mean, if he can pass a football, bounce a basketball, throw a baseball, he's God. If he can drive around a race car track or hit a golf ball, he's God. You know he's right. <laughs> I'll never forget years ago, I was talking to a fellow and he said, you are to leave that little church and come up to the big church with us. I said, why would I leave the little church and come to the big church? We got a big God. <laughs> Throwed his chest out like that and I thought, well, if you've got God and I've got God, it's the same God, right? I, I don't want nothing to do much with your big God because my God humbled himself, came in the flesh, and was crucified. 
Amen. He didn't come in bragging and boasting. He came in a manger. Hello, he died on a cross. Yeah, he really bragged, didn't he? God help us. We, we misunderstand sometimes the aspects true of being a Christian. And I've said this ever since I've been ministering. And Chris, you need to take this to heart, son. I can preach six months to a year and almost get you to believe one point. And a total stranger can change your mind in five seconds. Am I right, Brother Terry? I mean, trying to get you down to the root basis of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And some do, Dr. Spooky Spock will write a book and you'll open it up and say, well, that must be the truth. And all he wanted was your twenty nine ninety five for the book. He'd care less where you live, how you live, how you worship, who you're praising. Amen? Am I telling the truth, people? We better know who we sit with. We better know who we're listening to. And we sure better know the book they're reading out of. Better know the God they're serving. Preach it. I believe we will. Thank you. I'm enjoying it. So that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Are you with me? Say amen. God's grace is sufficient. I'm going to say this in a way that you may not truly understand. I've been fortunate enough in my life that God seemed to see fit to bring me close to death many times. When I was laying in Winston-Salem Hospital and they told my precious wife, he probably won't make it. I never once thought of dying. I never once thought I wouldn't come back home. I never thought of that. I laid down there and my mind thought was, God, you've got me here for a reason. Don't let me miss the reason. Now, I'm busted all the pieces. I can't get up. I can't do nothing. But I still got good ears. I had a good smeller. And my eyes worked. So when God opened the door and I took the opportunity to tell them about the love of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God, even though I was near death, according to them, when they told my wife that I had a rib shoved through my heart, I never thought one thing about that. When they told me my bladder was tore out, I never thought one thing about that. But my mind was focused on, why do you have me here, Lord? It's for a reason. Even in our lowest valley, I can climb the highest hill. And if we miss those opportunities, it'll come back to your mind. How many missed opportunities and you still remember them today? And you wish you'd have took that opportunity, that extra second, that extra moment to tell them about Jesus. And I'm sad to say tonight, some of those have done gone on. And we'll never get the opportunity again. So it's so important that we know the gospel. We know what God has asked us to do. He said right here, finish my course with joy. 
because of the grace of God, not circumstances around us. Are you with me? Say amen. What's the next book in the Bible? Romans chapter number 1. Verse number one, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Can I help you tonight? There's some separation that we need to understand. Yes, I'm the witness to the lost. Bill, Bill, I don't know if you're alive or not, but I hope you are and you've repented. I met him in South Carolina doing a gold expedition. And he asked me a question. He was a deacon in his church down there. And he said, they church me. I said, what did they church you for? He said, well, I used to go to the bar and witness to the drunks. I said, well, that's okay. He said, yeah, but I had to drink a beer or two so I'd fit in. I said, I'd have churched you too. I said, I would have church. Now, I'm talking about a man that had fell 40 feet onto concrete in between rebarb, and he had broke his wrist so bad that he'd take his hand and slide it plumb up to here and come back and put it back in place. They couldn't reconnect. And God inspired this man and he thought that you had to fit in to win them to Christ. Why would God say be a separate people? Be a peculiar people? Listen, I love the drunks, but I'm not going to be a drunk to win a drunk. I love the dope addicts, but I'm not going to do dope so I can fit into that crowd. I like what Brother Dennis Christie said. Brother Dennis Christie over here in Iceville, a good brother of mine. He was saved out of that heroin crowd. He was one of those that had done so much heroin, he had butane poisoning. Do you understand what I just said? From lighting his cocaine, the butane had poisoned him. That's how much he had done. So when Dennis got saved and God got him right, he went and got 200 hot dogs and a grill and he went right out into that same neighborhood, fired the grill up, went to cooking hot dogs, passing out hot dogs to everybody that would come and telling them about Jesus. He said, they accepted me because a week before I was over there doing dope with them. And said, every one of them said, well, let's do a line. He said, nope, I've got the only line I need. I finally got in line with Jesus. <laughs> You remember him? Did you ever meet him? Oh, Lord, me and him had a time in Jamaica, I'll just tell you. And I thought, that's a way to do it. God may have took you out of that mess, but you can go back to that mess and take them Jesus. Why? Because God gave you that ministry. God made you a separate individual. Are you with me? Say amen. We are a separate people. Say amen. amen. Unto God we're separated. Now, let, me, let me say something interject right here. I got just a few more points I want to make. If you're more free will than you are saved, you need to get saved. If your mind thought is I'm a good Baptist, you need to be saved. Amen. I mean, you can stand in line all you want to with God and say, hey, I'm a number one Baptist. God's going to say, depart, I never knew you. Right. 
<laughs> Am I right? Well, I led the choir. I preached. I never knew you. Unless you're born again. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of the Baptists, the Methodists, the Presbyterians. No. God. I went into the store over here at the interstate a few weeks back on a Sunday. And I had, I'd been over a time or two and got fuel and he knew me and he said, you're awful dressed up. He's a Buddhist. He serves, he's a Buddhist. I said, yeah, I'm going to church. He said, ain't but one God. I said, yeah, and his name's Jesus Christ. He never said another word to me. I don't know if I hurt his feelings or what, but I didn't give him a chance to stick Buddha in there because I knew he was a Buddhist. Amen. I don't serve Buddha. You can say there's one God all you want to, but you better call his name Jesus. Amen. Because he is the only God. I'm not going to stand there and agree, oh yeah, we got one God, yours is Buddha, mine's Jesus. That's just a nickname, right? No. Ain't but one name under heaven given. Where am I? You must be born again. Listen. If you love God tonight, you ought to understand that. Romans 1 and 16, the Bible said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Ashamed, power, salvation to everyone that believeth. Now I'll tell you something, believers. And especially those folks that's listening by the airways tonight. If you're a true believer, you'll get in church somewhere. Amen. Corona's over. They've scared America to death with that. Yes, people are still getting sick. Yes, they are. It's still a real disease. But it's been no worse really than the flu. The flu's killed just as many. Amen. They've scared us to death. They're trying to run us out of the house of God. They want God's house closed. And I'll just be honest with you. I think they want the taxes on the church, period. It's all about the love of money, the way I understand the word of God. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to stay in church. Amen. Why? Because it's the gospel of Christ. I'm not going to serve Buddha. I'm not going to run up another flag to please somebody. I'm going to stay under the blood. I'm going to stay with America. Amen. We ain't the best thing that ever come along, but we sure beat everything else I know of. Thank God for that. So are you a Christian? Is your father Jesus? Turn with me, if you will, in Galatians. A couple more scriptures and I'll be done. Galatians chapter number 2 and verse number 7. But counterwise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of circumcision was unto Peter. Preacher, why do you bring that point up tonight? It's not the flesh, folks. It's the Spirit. 
We had 450 screaming, cutting themselves under their God, and what did it accomplish? You know where I'm talking about in the Bible? Then we had one old man of God said, God, just show them that you're God and pour a little more water on that thing while you're at it. Yeah, that ain't enough. Pour a little more on it. Right? Now, God, just show them you're God. He didn't have to cut himself. He didn't have to scream and cry. He just said, God, let them know that you're God. And you know the results. The water left. And he lapped up the dust, son. I mean, he cleaned her. Now think about what I just said. There is a whole crowd out there that's still screaming and crying and cutting herself to please their dead God. When the Gulf War was over and a friend of mine went over there to work to help rebuild that country, He came back and told me this, and I thought it was so funny. He said, those guys work like crazy. I'm talking about the natives over there that served and worshipped Muhammad. He said, but Thursday, they wouldn't show up. And he said, what did show up was drunker than a bear. And said, he asked them, said, y'all are good workers. Said, why just on Thursday? He said, oh, I'll asleep on Thursday. He ain't much of a God if he has to sleep. I have to sleep. I'm flesh and blood. But my God is a spirit. He don't have to sleep. He don't even slumber. He don't even, after he eats all he wants, gets sleepy-eyed like we do on Sunday. Why? Because he's God. (laughs) And I thought it amazing that they get drunk. They do all their meanness on Thursday. You understand what I just said? They go to the bar, they run around on their wives, do all that they want to do on Thursday because their God didn't see it. My God knows the intent of your heart. You might have done it on Thursday, but your mind thought about it on Friday and he knows your heart. He knows your heart before you ever went to do it. Because you started thinking about it on Wednesday. What you were going to do on Thursday. And I thought, you know, that'd work in America. Because a lot of people think their God's asleep in America. Are you with me? Say amen. (laughs) Isn't it funny how many different gods and how many different... Hey, let me help you just a minute. A thought just come through. You may be a free will Baptist and belong to this church. But you may not believe like us. Case in point, at my home church, I had a guy come to me and said, you and Preacher Carl are preaching a lie. I said, what? He said, when you get saved, you can do anything you want to and still go to heaven. I said, son, you're out of your mind. Why would you even get saved if you can do anything you want to and go to heaven? He said, I'm going to join the church. I said, no, you're not. I'll stand up against you because you don't believe like we believe. Oh, you wouldn't. I said, you stand up and say you won't join the church and see if I don't bring it up. Well, he never did stand up to join the church. A week or so went by and he was no longer available. 
And I wondered what happened to him. He had a wife and two children here. He had a wife and a child in Tennessee. And he was jumping back and forth. No wonder he wanted to believe he could do whatever he wanted to do. Come down here and sing, oh, how I love Jesus, and run over there and sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Are you with me? You better know these things and be a separate people. Are you with me? Say amen. I'm glad God loved me enough that he gave me the truth. Next book, Ephesians, if you will, chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. <laughs> there used to be a crowd here in Marion years ago that stirred up more. I hadn't been saved long. Hadn't been preaching long. They'd stand on the corner and just point to people and tell them they was going to hell and there's whores and harlots and drunks and dope paddocks and boy the churches around got all tore up. I'll never forget what I told them. I said let me tell you something. That group's done more for the gospel of Jesus Christ than all the churches put together. They said what do you mean? I said they have got more people reading their Bible than all the churches because they're standing out there saying those things and people are hunting it to see if it's true. My oldest son was in the parking lot at Ingalls and they were up in the back of a truck preaching. They pointed to him, told him he was a whoremonger and he was going to hell. He reached up and said, well, take my hand and lead me to Jesus. And they wouldn't even touch him. <laughs> he said, my daddy's <laughs> free will Baptist preacher, he led me to the Lord. He wasn't afraid to touch me. Why won't you take? They said, uh-uh, there's something on you. What was it? It was Jesus. There is a difference when you're born again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have a different spirit about you. You have a different attitude about you. Why? Because you're growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Revelations, and I'll shut up. I'll have to. That's a life's book, right? Well, I can start all over, can't I? Revelation chapter number 14 and verse number 6. Are you there? And I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment is come, and worship Him that made heaven and earth, and the sea, and the fountains of water. Are you with me? Our gospel is an everlasting gospel. I was telling this the other day in Tennessee. A gentleman and I got to talking about Jesus. He is a vendor over there, and we got to worshiping and praising the Lord there. And he said, brother, we're getting old. said, we'll check out of here soon. I said, yeah, we're going to check out soon. I said, we're going to leave the land of the dying and go to the land of the living. He shouted. He said, you're right. When we leave here, we've left the land of the dying if you're born again. Now, if you're lost, you're going to the land of the dying where they'll die forevermore and never get through dying. 
But if you're born again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, live by the gospel, are you with me? Then you'll go to the land of the living. Because we have an everlasting gospel. Our gospel teaches us that the virgin birth, the innocent blood, put us back in fellowship with God if we ask for it. When the Holy Ghost deals with you, and this is what the brother from Burnsville and I talked about at the funeral here the other day. The young lady in his church had, didn't know what the movement of the Holy Ghost was. He said, honey, I noticed in some of the services that you were crying. She said, yeah, and I don't know why, preacher. He said, honey, that was the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. She said, I didn't know what it was. He said, the next time the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart like that, just ask him to save you. Ask him to lead you to an altar of prayer where you can ask him for forgiveness of your sin. Said he's knocking on your heart's door and he's wanting in. Now you say, preacher, how is that possible here in in the Bible Belt? Well, let me tell you something, folks. Many, many years ago, I hadn't been saved very long, and everybody remember where we used to have to get our tags in Marion? I was standing in that line like we all used to have to do. There was a little fella, probably three or four years old in front of me, and he got to talking to me. And You know, I don't talk much, but... I talked to the little feller. And I gave him one of my cards and he looked at Jesus' picture and he said, who is that man? I said, that's Jesus. He said, I've never heard of him. And I thought, we're in Marion, North Carolina. Hey folks, we're talking about 30 years ago. Not last week, 30 years ago. And he turned to his mama and tugged on her dress and and showed her the picture and said, Mama, this is Jesus. Do you know him? Woo, boy, I wanted to shout right there. And mama blushed and turned her head. So what did that say? Mama did not know Jesus. Four-year-old, been raised in a house that loves God, would have heard of Jesus. Would know about prayer and going to church praising the Lord and things like that. But we're talking about right here in the Bible Belt. So in 30 years, how decreased have we come? Not increased, but decreased. You know why it's important to know the aspects of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because somebody is looking for Jesus in you. And you may be the only Jesus they ever see or hear. Do you have enough in there to give them? Let us stand. Father, I thank you for the privilege to be here tonight. I thank you, God, for the message that you've allowed me to break, the bread of life tonight. God, we we need to know some things about our gospel. We need to know, Lord, that we're born again, bought the blood of Jesus Christ. We serve a risen Savior. We serve an eternal God. Lord, we need to know these things, Father. But, Lord, I'd say most of all tonight, we truly need to know our name is recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. God, that we would be an example of Christ wherever we go. God, that people could feel Jesus in us, hear it in us, and, Lord, that our spirit would bear witness of it. 
So Father, help us to know the basics. Virgin birth, death, burial, and resurrection, and coming again. So Father, help us tonight to understand the importance tonight of knowing about our Savior. Knowing, Lord, how to tell somebody else how they got saved. And Lord, help them that's lost to be saved. And let them see a desire of what we have in us. God, that it would lead them to Christ Jesus forevermore. So bless tonight, Father. Bless the hearts that's heard the cry. Move upon us, Lord, with favor. Heal those that we prayed for tonight. Father, we ask you again. Touch them. Be with them. Brother Richard, as he's doing surgery this week. God, all these, it's got things coming up that they're going to have to depend on Jesus for. So, Father, you touch us tonight, we pray. We bless you and praise you for all your love and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.